Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Not Really Radio, an evening of live music, mild hilarity, and a heavy dose of the ridiculous. Expect untrue news reports, unreal sponsors, unnecessary product placements, and Abraham Lincoln. I'm Karen Miller. And I'm Joshua Seams. We have a full program, so let's jump right in. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by the Canadian Wildlife Service, who have sent us this politely worded message. Hey there, Michigan. How are ya? Uh, we hope you're doing well. Sorry to bother you. We just wanted to clear the air. Uh, we've heard you're not too keen, keen on having our gooses pooping on your lawns. We get that. Uh, we don't want them pooping on our lawns either. Uh, but if it's not too much trouble, uh, could you please stop trying to convince them to come back to Canada? Uh, maybe send them to Ohio, eh? <laughs> and while we're on the subject of bad mirror gooses, Stop telling the rest of the world that Canada isn't real. If it weren't for us, you wouldn't have Keanu Reeves, Celine Dion, uh, Jim Carrey, or Will Shatner. Uh, that means no Matrix, no Titanic, no Ace Ventura, and no Star Trek the original series. That's like half your culture right there. Uh, we're not unreasonable though, uh, and we politely apologize for Michael Sarah, Justin Bieber, and Seth Rogen. <coughs> Cordially yours, Canada. <laughs> Many of you likely recall a bit of a hubbub at the community center recently. Apparently a gang of talking fish smugglers were fiercely smacked around by a ferocious gaggle of Canadian geese. Julia Schifaldi has the report. If you've spent any time in the vicinity of the Red Mill Pond, odds are you've encountered the geese. Geese that hiss angrily at you for trying to take a relaxing stroll by the water. Geese that treat your yard with a disrespect that seems intentional and borders on psychopathic. What if I told you there was more to these geese than meets the eye? A source inside our local shadowy government agency has confirmed that two agents recently foiled an attempt to stop the Red Mill Pond with talking fish. The idea of talking fish may not sound so bad until you discover they only know bad words and are extremely racist against turtles. <laughs> Thankfully, the authorities were able to put a stop to the operation with the help of some unlikely heroes. During the arrest, as the smugglers attempted to escape, one of them accidentally broke open a thermos believed to belong to the arresting agents. Witnesses described its contents as a natural yellow color and smelling vaguely of salinated poultry. The contents of the thermos caused quite a stir in a nearby gaggle of Canadian geese. The frenzied waterfowl descended upon the smugglers with all the fury of, well, of a gaggle of geese, which mostly amounted to pinches with their bills and aggressive whacks with their wings. Still, the smugglers were so intimidated by the display, they immediately surrendered to the authorities and allowed themselves to be carted away in a black, nondescript government vehicle. Maybe there's more to these aggressive Canadians than we thought to come see. Back to you, Karen and Josh. <laughs> Julia Tripaldi, ladies and gentlemen. Faith at Karen, we need to give the geese another chance. Uh, I'm unconvinced. Well, let me do an about faith then and say, forget the geese, let's have another song. Uh, I agree, but what's going on with you? I don't know what you're talking about. Do I have egg on my faith? That, right there. You keep saying faith. At first I thought it was some sort of mild speech impediment, but now I think you're trying to do a bit. Just setting up our next vocalist. You'll want to remember her name. I have... Faith, you'll figure it out. <laughs> Let me guess, is it Faith? Indeed it is. 
Faith Rhodes is here to sing, I'll Be Okay.
I'll be safe Cause you're with me I'll be okay I'll be okay I'll be okay I'll be when you put a motor the size of Detroit into a chassis the size of Tipton? You get Simon Sabowski, a brilliant man who loves the international phonetic alphabet, nerd culture, and has a chameleon-esque gift for accents from around the globe. Next up, Mr. Sabowski will share one of his many gifts by teaching our studio audience... That can't be right. What it says. Math? What? Really? Math? Uh, we've invited all these people here for an evening of entertainment, and, and we're going to teach them math. Well, they all claim it's new math. Hmm. Well, can't wait. Take it away, Simon. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Josh. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, as a, uh, as a choir teacher, I thought it was my responsibility to come teach you something, so of course the subject I thought I would teach is math, um, as us choir teachers are best at. Uh, how many people in this room, parents or older siblings, have had the problem of having their younger sibling coming home from work, or work, <laughs> school, and being unable to do their math homework? I know that I've struggled with that with my little sister, certainly. So uh, since the 50s, 60s, 70s, there have been a movement called the New Math, and we seem to still be struggling with, with it to this day. Uh, and the goal of it is really to understand what you're doing uh, instead of getting the right answer. So tonight I hope I would uh, give you a, uh, a lesson in the New Math, and we're going to look over the problem 342 minus 100 and 73. So uh, let's see if we can uh, uh, make a little headway with this. <clears throat> you can't take three from two. Two is less than three. So you look at the four in the tens place. Now that's really four tens. So you make it three tens, regroup, and you change a ten to ten ones, and you add it to the two and get twelve, and you take away three. That's nine. Is that clear? Good. <clears throat> now instead of four in the tens place, you've got three because you added one. That is to say, ten to the two, but you can't take seven from three. So you look at the hundreds place. From the three, you then use one to make ten ones, and you know why four plus minus one plus ten is fourteen minus one, because addition is commutative, right? And so you have thirteen tens, and you take away seven, that leaves five. Uh, it's actually six. It's the, it's the idea that's the important thing. <laughs> now go back to the hundreds place. You're left with two, and you take away one from two, and that leaves... Everybody get one? Not bad for the first day. <laughs> Hooray for new math, new math. It won't do you a bit of good to review math. It's so simple, so very simple, that only a child can do it. Now, that's not actually the answer that I had in mind. Because the book that this problem was taken from wants you to do it in base eight. Now, don't fret. Uh, base 8 is just like base 10, really, if you're missing two fingers. 
have a go at it? In the eighth place, now that's really four eights. So you make it three eights, regroup, and you change an eight to eight. Once and you add it to the two, and you get one two base eight, which is ten base ten, and you take away three, that's seven. Okay? Now instead of four in the eighth place, you've got three, because you added one, that is to say eight to the two, but you can't take seven from three, so you look at the sixty-fours. <laughs> sixty-four. How did sixty-four get into it? I hear you cry. <laughs> well, 64 is 8 squared, don't you see? Well, we ask a silly question, you get a silly answer. From the 3, you then use 1 to make 8 ones. you add those 1s to the 3, and you get 1, 3, base 8, or in other words, in base 10, you have 11, and you take away 7, and 7 from 11 is 4. Now go back to the 64s, you're left with 2, and you take away 1 from 2, and that leaves... It's not often I get to fail someone over one number, huh? <laughs> Hooray for new math, new math. It won't do you a bit of good to review math. It's so simple, so very simple, that only a child can do it. Come back tomorrow and we'll do fractions. <laughs>
regarding the militant deer population in Tecumseh. Though the deer whisperer has apparently vanished, some pockets of confused and unnaturally aggressive deer remain. You can easily distinguish these unsavory types from regular deer. They tend to smoke cigarettes, carry firearms, and hurl themselves in front of passing motorists. Authorities recommend you avoid them at all costs. Tecumseh residents have been complaining of an odd wailing sound that has filled the air for the last seven nights. 
Witness reports are calling it vaguely operatic and say that it fills them with a sense of impending doom. Here's Xander Olney with more. Thanks, Josh. I'm here with Tammy's Up Too Late at the corner of Sunset and Carnes. Miss Up Too Late, you mentioned you heard the odd wailing noise last night. Can you describe it? Describe it? Uh, yes. Yes, it was vaguely operatic and filled me with a sense of impending doom. It sounds foreboding. Is there any additional details you can provide? Yes. Uh, my daughter Susie is seven months old. Ask me how much she loves this crazy wailing that woke her up every night for the last week as soon as I get her to sleep. Go ahead, ask. I feel like it might be dangerous for me to ask that question. She loves it. She loves it so much, she decided to copy it. The moment it starts, she starts. Do you know the difference between her and the whale? The whale will stop after three hours. She will not. I'm so sorry. Not as sorry as my husband is going to be if he doesn't find out what, what's making that noise and make it stop. Are we live right now? Well, this is not really radio, but yes, we're live. Are you listening, Joey? You better find out that noise and shut it up. Otherwise, Susie and I are taking your government bonus and going to Boca Raton. And you and can get Al to help you paint that garage. Speaking of your partner, why are we constantly buying his meals? You tell that weirdo to start paying for his own lunches or next year I'm claiming him as a dependent. There you have it. The whale is vaguely operatic, fills one with a sense of impending doom, and threatens domestic bliss all over Tecumseh. Back to you, Karen and Josh. Are you tired of long-winded advertisements that don't apply to you? We are too. This segment is brought to you by Tacos. Karen, do you ever have a very specific craving? Uh, besides tacos? Yes, think super specific. Fish tacos? That last sponsor really got to you, didn't it? I'm thinking more along the lines of a one-of-a-kind singing voice. Ah, let me see. I'd like to hear a beautiful old standard sung by a voice that makes Sinatra sound like Gilbert Gottfried. That's good. Let's get more specific. Okay. Uh, how about if that voice was extraordinarily gifted at preparing pork tenderloins in a variety of ways? Better. Let's, let's drill down further. Uh, what if this voice had a career's worth of insights into the noble profession of banking? <laughs> we might have gone too far with this one. I don't know that such a superhuman exists. Well, uh, what about this superhuman uh, approaching the microphone right now? Nate, he's just a retired banker, pork tenderloin maker, old standard singer who makes Sinatra sound like Gilbert Godfrey. Exactly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Nate Smith. I'll be seeing you in all the old familiar places that this heart of mine embraces all day through in that small cafe the park across the way the cheer 
increase the wishing well. Oh, I'll be seeing you in every lovely summer's day, in everything that's light and gay. is brought to you by automatic anti-banshee ear protectors guaranteed to let in the sounds you enjoy but keep out the sounds that annoy do you live in manchester michigan have you encountered the beaufort street banshee does she drive you crazy with her incessant banshee shenanigans get your set of automatic anti-banshee ear protectors today sure they look like earplugs but that's just because they are automatic anti-banshee ear protectors Guaranteed to live in the sounds you enjoy, but keep out the sounds that annoy. Automatic anti-banshee ear protectors are completely fictional. The only thing they will protect you from is being taken seriously by any rational human being. Common side effects are completely made up because the product doesn't exist. Seriously, stop calling us. We don't even have a P.O. box. <laughs> Next up, a talented thespian, voice teacher, loving mother, and avid keeper of bees, Nona Bennett and her son Graham will perform the Guy Clark song, Trust Your Cape. Folk song players have to sit down. The whole thing came unwound He got a running start And bless his heart He headed for the ground He's one of those who knows That life is just a leap of faith Spread your wings and hold your breath And always trust your cape 
Now he's all grown up with a flower sack cape tied all around his dreams. He's full of spit and vinegar, and he's busting at the seams. Well, he licked his finger and he checked the wind. It's gonna be do or die. He wasn't scared of nothing, boys. He was pretty sure he could fly. Well, he's one of those who knows that life is just a leap of faith. Spread your arms and hold your breath and always trust your cape. Now he's old and gray with a flower sack cape tied all around his head. He's still jumping off the garage and will be till he's dead. All these years the people said he's acting like a kid. He did not know he could not fly and so he did. Well, he's one of those who knows that life is just a leap of faith. Spread your arms and hold your breath and always trust your cane. Well, he's one of those who knows that life is just a leap of faith. Spread your arms and hold your breath and always trust your cane. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our feature presentation. Chester Chase, Cryptid Bounty Hunter, starring Clayton Riptide as Chester Chase. Julia Shabaldi as a Beaufort Street Banshee. Simon Simolski as Agent Josephus Joseph Joey Johnson. Nate Smith as Agent Aloysius Al Anderson. And Xander Olney as the announcer. full of stories about strange creatures that should not exist, but witnesses insist they do. You've heard of them. Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, John Cena, the entire population of Canada. These fantastical beasts are commonly called cryptids. Only one man knows how they think, where they hide, and how to capture them. He knows because he's a cryptid himself. His name is Chester Chase, Cryptid Bounty Hunter. Today, Chester Chase is a sight set on the calamitous cryptid of intermittent temperament, the Buford Street Banshee. Our tale begins with two highly decorated officers of the FBCI, that's the Federal Bureau of Cryptid Investigations. I'm sorry, folks. I've just been handed a note. Oh, I see, it's a correction. Here we have two slightly decorated officers of the FBCI, <laughs> the Federal Bureau of Cryptid Investigations, Aloysius Anderson and Josephus Johnson. Sitting together in a sports bar, enjoying a couple beers, watching the game. Um, excuse me, Mr. Narrator, this is not a sports bar. And I'm, I'm actually not a fan of beer. 
<laughs> not that there's anything wrong with beer. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not against it. I just don't like it myself. Uh, me neither. I, given my choice, I'd prefer a small glass of apple juice. Wait, I, if we get to order whatever we want, uh, can I get a chocolate milkshake? <laughs> Are you finished? Uh, I don't know, Al, do you want an appetizer? Uh, I actually really like calamari. Do you have any calamari? You do realize this is all pretend, right? Yeah, 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 but it, it helps me get into character. I'm feeling very method tonight. <laughs> Here we have two barely decorated officers from the Federal Bureau of Cryptid Investigations, Aloysius Anderson and Joseph S. Johnson, sitting together in a random venue, enjoying a chocolate milkshake and a glass of apple juice, sharing a plate of calamari, and commiserating over Chester Chase in his Houdini-like tendency to evade their efforts to bring him in. I'm telling you, Joey, Chester Chase is my white whale. I've been after that guy since he was 15 years old. He always slips through my... Joey, are you listening to me? Yeah, Al, sorry. I was up with my daughter all night. That crazy noise woke her up again. Oh, by crazy noise, are you referring to that loud wailing sound that, for the purpose of plot development, is already well-established, new, recurring, and instills one with a sense of impending doom. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, I heard that noise too. Uh, it's, it's almost weird, uh, almost operatic. We, uh, we should probably look into that, don't you think? It might be that banshee from Manchester that the uh, FBCI has put a bounty on for. Yeah, I mean, probably. But anyway, uh, you were telling me about the preternaturally elusive Chester Chase escaping you yesterday while I was buying us lunch. Uh, that's right. I had Chase cornered on the roof of the hardware store, and he literally jumped over the side. Like off of the building? Like yeah. off the roof? Yeah, he trampolined off an awning did a triple backflip onto a power line, which he then tightrope walked across the other side of the street. He penny dropped off the power line into a perfect handstand on an abandoned skateboard, upon which he skated away, still in a handstand position. He certainly is elusive. You ain't a kidding. I pursued him into another building and followed him up to the third floor. I was certain I had him. Then he leapt out a window, grabbed a nearby vine, and swung away as if he were Tarzan, and the elephants were stampeding. No way. Where was this? There aren't any vines in tar of the Tarzan variety here in Tecumseh, Michigan, home of the Covenant Church. Yeah, that's <laughs> what makes it so remarkable. Nothing but blue sky above, and he manages to grab a hold of a big jungle vine and make his escape, leaving behind two coupons for hand-dipped milkshakes at Tucky's Big Boy. <laughs> That's an interesting story, Al. I thought so. This, uh, this happened yesterday, you said? Well, while I was buying lunch with my money? I suppose so. Why? Well, so do you remember that gang of fish smugglers we caught trying to stock the mill pond with talking fish? Uh, yeah. And remember, I shared my lunch with you that day because during the arrest, one of those talking fish smugglers knocked your thermos to the ground and exploded chicken and stars all over the nondescript black governed vehicle we drive? Yeah, that was a day, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it sure was. And, and remember, <laughs> that gang of deer enthusiasts we stopped from organizing the deer population of Tecumseh into a well-armed militia? Stopped is a stretch, Joey. We never did make an arrest. The deer whisperer and her gang are still out there. Just this morning, I saw a doe with an assault rifle 
watching me through binoculars. Still, we certainly slowed them down. Yeah, we certainly did, Al. And when they took off running and trampled your cooler, sending your peanut butter and jelly sandwich skidding across the dirt, didn't I give you half of my lunch? Yeah, yeah. You told me it was uh, cucumber gazpacho. I never knew soup could be cold. I did not love it. Yeah, but you ate it. Ah, uh, yeah, I ate it. And remember that gang of dumpster tippers we caught? Red-handed tipping dumpsters over behind Tucky's uh -huh. big boy? I do remember that. You know, for a small town, Tecumseh seems to have an unusual amount of cryptid-related gang activity. Yeah, indeed. Anyway, uh, remember how I told you that night that Tucky's Big Boy is my favorite family restaurant. And then I bought you dinner there because during your struggle with the dumpster gang, they spilled coffee grounds all over your Greek salad. Yes, Joey, I remember. I feel like you're trying to get at something. <laughs> Well, you remember, uh, you were just telling me about your experience chasing after that wily and often pursued cryptid bounty hunter Chester Chase and his subsequent, though not unexpected, escape. You mentioned that Vine came out of nowhere in your retrieval of not one, but two coupons mm -hmm. for hand-dipped milkshakes at Tucky's Big Boy. You, but you omitted one crucial detail. What's that? Where's my coupon, Al? I love milkshakes. <laughs> Before Al could reveal the location of Joey's milkshake coupon, the two nearly decorated officers from the FBCI were interrupted by the arrival of a surly banshee, handcuffed to the man-shaped mass of muscle, energy, and reality-bending willpower, popularly known as Chester Chase, a cryptid bounty hunter. <laughs> I think you should probably reconsider your decision to handcuff yourself to me, Mr. Chase, lest I wreak havoc on your tender ears with my banshee wail. Hey, Al, isn't that Chester Chase right there? What? Chester Chase, that's Chester Chase. This lady has wrought havoc upon my tender ears, Joey. I cannot hear what you're saying, but that right there is Chester Chase. <laughs> See, let me go or I'll wail again. Go for it, Mrs. Banshee. I'm wearing my automatic anti-banshee ear protectors. Guaranteed to let in the sounds I enjoy, but keep out the sounds that annoy. Like your cursed banshee wail, for instance. Plugs my only weakness. What will you do with me, Mr. Chase? Lock me up? Throw away the key? For what, being loud? That's hardly a crime. That's why we're here with two almost decorated officers of the Federal Bureau of Cryptid Investigation. Aloysius Anderson and Josephus Johnson. I believe they'll agree with me when I tell you that you may get away with screaming your lungs out on Buford Street in beautiful Manchester, Michigan, but here in Tecumseh, there's a lovely piece of literature entitled Ordinances Chapter 98, Article 8, Division 6, Section 98-564. I admit the title is unwieldy, but the lyrics is where the magic lies. The emission of measurable noises from the premises shall not exceed 65 decibels as measured at the boundary or property lines. Your banshee whale measures at 68 decibels. Okay, so what? So what? That's three decibels above the ordinance, and that's a crime. The FBCI's put a bounty on your head for unlawful whaling at unreasonable volumes. I'm turning you over to these fine gentlemen to be delivered to the cryptid division. 
your recitation of Ordinance Chapter 98, Article 8, Division 6, Section 98-5654 was truly beautiful, Mr. Chase. Thank you, Jelly. Ellie <laughs> knows my name. <laughs> Stop worshiping a criminal, Joey! Beautiful? Hardly. I once knew a man, he in college, who oilated the entire T section of the dictionary on a single breath. It was amazing! Chester Chase, you're under arrest. Oh, you're under arrest for, uh, what's a banshee? What's, what's oilated? Banshees are the male versions of banshees. I used to date one, but then I discovered he loved dogs. And ovulating is this. That was interesting. <laughs> that was weird. Wait, what's wrong with dogs? Not a thing. I adore dogs. Then why would you break up with your band he boyfriend because he loved dogs? I love to pet and hug dogs. Yeah, and? And he loved to bake dogs at 350 oh. degrees for 45 minutes. Yeah, that's not okay. <laughs> that's disgusting. Yeah, that's why I dumped him. Enough! Chester Chase, you're under arrest for something you did a really long time ago that I can't exactly remember. I'll need you to, uh, I need to uncuff, uh, well, I can't read this darn line. I'll need you to uncuff this noisy lady and come with us. We could do that, Al, or we could do something much cooler. I've been chasing you for darn near 40 years, Chase. Nothing could be cooler than finally bringing you in. Wait, no, Al, let's hear him out. Stop undermining your partner, Joey. <laughs> Gentlemen, may I introduce you to the Buford Street Banshee? She's been terrorizing the town of Manchester every summer since 2007. Recently, she took up a seasonal residence here in Tecumseh and has already caused the terrorizing of 17 humans and the startlement of three militant deer armed with shotguns. An unfortunate event that caused the Great Squirrel Riot three days ago. Yeah, I remember that. A dark day in Tecumseh. Indeed. <laughs> she also caused the deafening of several small creatures and woke up every sleeping infant in town with her noisy call. One of those infants being your very own daughter, if I'm not mistaken, Joey. Al, we gotta take this girl in. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do if Susie doesn't start sleeping through the night. Listen to your partner, Al. Take her into custody and deliver her to the secret commander of the local FBCI office and get yourself a nice, juicy accommodation. Tempting as that is, I finally have you where I want you, Chase. I think I'll take you both in. Al, I would think that you'd be sick of me embarrassing you by now. You're not taking me in. My partner and I have to disagree, Chase. Right, Joey? Joey! Uh, what's she doing? Uh, I don't know. Hyperventilating? Uh, miss, are you okay? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Why, uh-oh? What's she doing? You said yourself she's hyperventilating. It's okay as long as she doesn't start humming. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> okay, that's bad. So, banshees hyperventilate to flood their bodies with oxygen and hum to warm up their voices so they can let loose. The Mega Whale. The Mega Whale? What's a Mega Whale? <laughs> Imagine every human within a seven mile radius spontaneously combusting. It's fine, as long as she doesn't go quiet. I'm sorry, did you say combusting? Yes. As, as in blowing up? Yes. The Mega Whale blows up people? Basically, it's actually much messier than that, but this is a family-friendly show, so. Ma'am, 
please cease and desist all combustion activities immediately. That's not going to do it, Josephus. Only one thing can save us all now. What can save us? I'm not sure I should tell you. Your partner seems awfully eager to arrest me for a crime that he cannot remember. Al, come on. Tell him he's free to go. No way. I finally have him. I'm not letting him go. See my sidearm chase? This is a cryptid paralyzer. That's a, that's a squirt gun. It's that's a squirt gun. Uh, yeah, well, it's a squirt gun filled with cryptid paralysis venom. That's a squirt gun filled with regular water. Not like bottled water, but like just from the tap. Joey, what are you doing? Look, what are you going to do with a squirt gun, Al? Get them damp? All I have on me is ten bucks, a sense of betrayal, and all you have is that squirt gun and a surly disposition. Mr. Chase, please accept this one-time free pass and tell us how to convince the noisy lady not to combust our town. Al. Al. Fine, Chase. You'll be free to go. How do we stop the mega whale? A hand-dipped milkshake from Tucky's Big Boy. <laughs> Seriously? Shh. Let him talk. He's making a lot of sense. It's a well-known fact that banshees We'll do just about anything, including not destroying small towns for a milkshake. Well, we don't have any milkshakes. Drat! If only we had a milkshake, even the guarantee of a future milkshake could do wonders. I had coupons for hand-dipped milkshakes from Tucky's Big Boy, specifically for this purpose. But I lost them yesterday while looting one of your fellow officers. That was me! You eluded me! We're in luck! What do you... What do you mean, luck, Al? Right here in my pocket. I just so happen to have no. two no. coupons. No, Al, what are you doing? For a couple hand-dipped milkshakes from Tucky's no, Big Boy. No, think this through, partner. <laughs> Come I'll on. give them to you, Miss Banshee. You're dead to me, Al. <laughs> if you promise not to combust the people of Tecumseh, I'll give you these two coupons for milkshakes. Milkshakes? Yes, milkshakes. What kind of milkshakes? Any kind of milkshake you want. Soft serve? From Tucky's Big Boy. Sorry. Soft serve? Yes, hand dipped. Ooh. Wait a minute. Miss Banshee, you have a promise to make. I solemnly swear not to combust the good people of Tecumseh tonight. What? No. I don't think that's good enough. You have two guaranteed milkshakes right now. One of those should be mine. Uh -huh. We're going to need a lifetime non-combustion guarantee. Fine. I will not tonight, nor any other day or night, combust the good people of Tecumseh, provided these milkshakes are really hand-dipped. Mm -hmm. Well, that settles that then. I'll just leave and... Let you have this noise and air to well all to yourselves. I have a name, you know. And take my leave. It's Cleegan. <laughs> Cleegan? It's a family name. I'll leave Cleegan with you. <laughs> you can send them down in my P.O. box. <laughs> with that, Chester Chase made a sound like a bird. Uh, no, no! And a 
red, white, and blue unicorn being ridden by Abraham Lincoln appeared riding at full gallop. How you doing, Abe? President Lincoln reached out to grab Chester's hand, swung our hero up behind him before riding into the sunset. Which was very impressive since it was two o'clock in the afternoon. Will Al ever catch Chester? Will Joey ever get his milkshakes? Will Chester ever reveal how he knows the 16th President of the United States? Find out next time when we meet Chester Chase, cryptid bounty hunter. City of Tecumseh, our program comes to an end. We hope you've had a good time. Before you fly away into the night, we have one last song to carry you out on a high note. Here's the Not Really Radio Singers with the Fly Away Medley.
Let's say good night.